I'm just clicking on slant again. Oh, yeah. Deepwater Horizon should be a cautionary tale for the lingering willingness of the world's elite corporations to risk laborers' lives for the bottom line. Right. Because I can see them all gathered around this big table. Yeah. Yesterday, I was listening to this this show called Down the Hall Podcast, and they right. told me to watch Deepwater Horizon. So last night, I put it on, and let me tell you, we need to rethink this whole thing. I know this is going to make billions of dollars, but at what cost, Jeffrey? <laughs> I, I do like the idea that they only learned about the movie through our podcast, though. Who I mean, we, do cater, we do cater to billionaires. Yeah, the elite. Yeah. I mean, that's who this is for, right? This is Down the Hall Podcast with your hosts, Chet Jobert. It's Black Hawk Down with aliens. What's the problem? Rodney Hart. Oh, definitely would have been Team Jake. Not the vampire. You don't root for a vampire. And if you're lucky, Lyndon Wells. I thought Chet was going to launch into his terrible British accent again. Beer Garden. Beer Garden was pretty spot <laughs> That was on. pretty good. No, he definitely got that. All right, welcome back to another episode of Down the Hall Podcast. We are all here as a family. Uh, together to bring you a movie night pick of the week for you. We also have one to avoid, but we're doing something that we have never done before here on Down the Hall Podcast. We are doing an actor deep dive. We're taking a look at Marky Mark Wahlberg himself. Uh, Rodney has very distinct opinion on Mark Wahlberg. I heard him, Rodney, refer to Mark Wahlberg as Boston's first son. (laughs) No. The Prince of Boston. He (laughs) refers to himself as that. That's my problem with him. So Rodney has agreed to uh, keep an open mind because we did ask the listener a couple things. We asked them uh, what their favorite Marky Mark movie was, and we ran a poll just basically asking if they're sick of him or if they like him still. Um, We ran that on Twitter and Facebook. So we have plenty of things to get to in this episode. Like I said, a movie of the week, which was brought to us by a listener. That would be Ivy. Uh, So thank you for that, Ivy, in advance of us getting into it. Uh, We also are going to get into the question, hey, is Mark Wahlberg as insufferable as Rodney thinks? And Rodney's going to give his closing remarks uh, by the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but before we get into that, uh, this show brings people a movie night every week because the average person weighs 115 hours. Now, Rodney, if I were to give you 115 hours back that you didn't have to use searching for movies, what would you do with it? Watch more Mark Wahlberg films. What I what I know I wouldn't do with it is watch more Mark Wahlberg films. Or what I would actually do with it is I would start a campaign online that would be self-funded because I wouldn't even need that much funding to, I'm sure, get more people bought in on it. That would ban Mark Wahlberg from being allowed to be at any more sporting Boston sporting events for the rest of his life. Hmm. Okay. You know, you know, you when you watch Itania, and it's like, oh, that's the one thing that really hurt her the most. That's that's where I want to hurt. I want to hit him with what hurts him the most, which is no longer being associated with the Boston sports scene. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you uh, to stop hitting me with that vegetable breath. You just down some vegetables before this episode, and it's <laughs> How do you killing down vegetables? me. It's. I was so hungry that I had to eat something. I think I know. You had like a vegetable. He had like a medley. Oh, I can tell you based on scent alone, I think. I think we had some cauliflower in there. I think we had some broccoli. Definitely had some carrots. What am I smelling? You had some some garlic. It's probably garlic that you're mostly smelling. Oh, man. I'll tell you. It smells. This is weird. It smells good, which is more concerning than if it smelled bad. Cauliflower can be pretty smelly. I don't think it was called. I think there's no cauliflower, but definitely broccoli. I think you might have gotten the rest, but it's probably mostly the garlic that you're smelling. I don't know how you get a podcast, but you should look into it. Yes, of course, it's down the hall. 
because I'm psyched. And here we go. So the movie this week is Deepwater Horizon. This movie was brought to us by Ivy, uh, who is a faithful listener of the show, and she she told us to watch Deepwater Horizon a while ago. This one is actually not on Netflix right now, but if you have an HBO uh, subscription, you can go to HBO Go, and it's there for you. Um, and it's how I watched it, and I think it's you know not the most accessible, but certainly I mean a lot of people have access to that. So one that we would consider accessible to you came out in 2016. Uh, it's the true story or the telling of the true story uh, based on the BP oil spill. Rodney's going to get into all of that. Uh, running time is only a little less than two hours, an hour and 47 minutes. An action drama thriller. The stars are Marky Mark. Uh, Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell's mustache, John Malkovich, <laughs> Gina Rodriguez, and my favorite, Kate Hudson. It's directed by Peter Berg, who also directed Patriot's Day, Lone Survivor, so a lot of Marky Mark films, as well as Battleship, Hancock, and Friday Night Lights. Rodney, what is this movie about? Uh, so it, it's about what led to the BP oil spill. So it was, um, it was really the story about how how this kind of one project was a bit mismanaged and how you know, there was a lot of cost cutting garlic. So, it's definitely the garlic I smell. Sorry, carry on. <clears throat> You're distracting me for no good reason. Uh, so yeah, it's the it's it's basically the story of how the overall um, drilling project uh, that led to the BP oil spill was basically mismanaged, and there was cost cutting efforts all along the way that resulted in this area not being fully tested, vetted, or prepared. And so it's just essentially the retelling the actual true storytelling, if you will, of a real life event that, that occurred. And, you know, I think for me, it's one of those movies that I think is a really interesting and great movie pick because it allows you to take something that you might intellectually know about, like uh, the story of the BP oil spill and know, you know, kind of components of it, but to really live out the human experience of that very real tragedy that happens, you know, and, and what that is beyond just, you know, the actual long-term consequences of it, you know, the individual human stories of, of the people who actually were on, you know, were in that kind of disaster and, and what that looked like. So for, for me, I think it was a really interesting movie. Um, it's like your, it's like your survival disaster movie that it, it, it kind of is focused more on, like you said, the human experience. I like that you yeah. pointed that out. That's, yeah. that's truly what it is. Yeah. Right. Right. But I, I think to me, you know, the, the interesting thing about these like true story disaster movies, you just really can start to probably wrap your arms around something that previously was just written depiction or story, or, you know, like you can see on the news, a burning oil rig or something, but without it really fundamentally like imagining oil shooting up through a confined area and you being there or being, you know, completely enveloped in it or, you know, things catching fire or things explode. I think, you, you recognize like, oh, that's right. This was a real event that actually happened that actually killed people. Um, and so, I mean, I think the movie itself is just a really interesting look at the, the true story, uh, really well acted. I think in this particular case, I think you, it's perfect casting. Um, you don't have Mark Wahlberg over, uh, overload. You don't have, uh, like in maybe the movie Tavoy that we're talking about him, a created character. It feels like very true to life depictions of, of, um, you know, what likely led to this disastrous event. But 
I'm sure Lyndon knows what I might have missed. <laughs> um, yeah, I was surprised. I wasn't expecting to like this film, but I think the the pacing before the disaster picks up, uh, kicks off is very well done, and it's got huge attention to detail and a great authenticity. And when the disaster really does kick off, uh, everything happens so quickly, and it seems odd to describe like kind of a, like an actual disaster that actually happened as the cinematography looking amazing, but the way it's filmed is very good and it really amps up the tension and grips you in. It's very much um, a no-nonsense approach, and it's very efficient uh, storytelling and cinematography, which uh, I was surprised by how much how much it draws you in and grips you in uh, the thriller element and the survival element. Yeah, totally agree. I, I think I think it moves along pretty quickly. I I was I was kind of surprised by how quickly it got to the disaster. Like there wasn't a, there was enough um, early scenes where it kind of set the, set the table. It showed as Rodney was saying, like the cost cutting efforts. Um, and then it kind of brought you into the different characters mindsets. And then boom, there was the, there was a disaster. Like it was pretty quickly that they had gotten to that point of the movie. And what you yep. then have the rest of it is like the survival story. Um, and it never at any point to me felt like it dragged on in any way. And can we all agree? We were pleasantly surprised by this. Like, I think it, yeah. it never approached my watch list until Ivy told me to see it. And I exactly. was, and I think you mentioned to me that Ivy suggested it and I watched it before both of you. And I was like, actually it's worth a watch. It, it, I mean, I think we all went in maybe not having high expectations. And I think yeah. we, you know, it feels like we were all surprised or at least it was better than we could have ever thought yeah. it would be enough. So where, I mean, the, the reviews are great. We're going to get to, but me in particular, I don't know about you guys. I easily gave it an eight out of ten. I yeah. I gave it a seven out of ten, but it could have been. You know, it, it's it's close. I think for me, um, you know, the probably true to life depictions of movies are probably usually in that recommend but didn't love category. You know, um, just because I don't know. I feel like it it has to overwhelm me more. To me, it is kind of telling the story of something that actually did happen, but. Um, but a good seven, near. Yeah, I'm with Rodney. I, th- I think it's a seven. It does tread the borderline of some slightly cheesy elements. The way it presents some of the more dramatic, kind uh, the dramatic events. But I, I think sevens. It's a high score, and I, I, I really enjoyed it. But if I was just uh, judging Kurt Russell's tash, it'd be a ten. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, true. I don't Although know. Do does... you think IMDb factored that in? So IMDb is at a seven point two. 7.2? Yeah, so... Well, I mean, if if it was, like, the mustache he had in Tombstone, it would be an 8.2. 8. 8. 8.2, yeah. Uh, that's where... Because I haven't seen... I haven't fully watched Tombstone yet, so mm. I feel like I need to know that. The yeah. mustache is Also where the, stars the Kurt Russell's mustache, oh, along right. with Kurt Russell. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, that's that's kind of what we're, we're all seeing it as. Um, you know, I think it's time to transition into the professionals' reviews. Hate, hate, hate. Hate, hate, hate. Double hate. Loathe entirely. I like you a lot. And so to begin with, let's let's talk about the Rotten Tomato score, which was an 83%. Um, so this is not just us saying that it's a, a pretty good movie. This is everyone agreeing that this movie was, was really well done. Uh, so, Lyndon, why don't you talk to us about the worst and best reviews? So, starting at the bottom... Hold on, it's... hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have to oh. tell this story. Have to. I texted Ivy, and I said... After I watched after I watched Deepwater Horizon, I texted her, and I said, Hey, 
I I approve. Linden approves. It has a great IMDb score, a great Rotten Tomato score. We're just waiting on what Rodney has to say. And then she responds back saying, I wonder what Slant gave it. Freaking Slant. So she associates us with Slant, which is a problem. Mm. But uh, I said, I bet you it's the worst review. And I bet you they say something like catchy about Deepwater Horizon and how it's actually too shallow. And then I look. And in fact, Slant Magazine was the worst review by a long shot. And Lyndon, what does it say? Does it not say something relatively close to it being kind of shallow? Close. It's uh, the the quote I've got from Slant is the film should have should have been a cautionary tale, but in Peter Berg's hands, it's a hollow account of the resilience of the human spirit. So, uh, so you're saying hollow that they really he just they they probably messed up their their adjectives or their, their yeah, synonyms. They, they, meant their shallow. they meant shallow. What I love they is that shallow. What I love is that the film should have been a cautionary tale to all those who are planning on buying an oil rig and setting it up in the <laughs> middle of the ocean. All of us who might have considered that as a as a profitable venture need to be cautioned yeah. to not do it. I agree. According I mean, to the, slant. The, the description of like the phrase resilience of the human spirit, doesn't that sound quite positive? Yeah. It's it's a hollow account of it though, Lyndon. Yeah, it's a it's a hollow account because we don't really want to see resilient human spirits. What we prefer is <laughs> yeah. that people be warned about setting up oil rigs. This is so dumb. It, a, a cautionary <laughs> tale. Like I feel like the next thing they're going to say is like, yeah, and the first mistake they made was having John Malkovich lead the expedition. He's he, only an actor. He knows nothing about it. <laughs> Although I will say John Malkovich does have a tendency to grate on my nerves a little bit. I kind of like him, but in this one in particular, he was punchable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, what's the best review? And the best review comes from Entertainment Weekly. What works almost disturbingly well is the way Berg calibrates his delivery of the disaster while still holding on to the human scale of it. Yeah, that's what Rodney was saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, exactly. your disaster movie, but he didn't take away from what roped me into it, which was like, you almost felt what, what it must have felt like to be on it. Like kind of, it reminded me of some scenes on the Titanic. Or, uh, you know, where, where you're like, you can feel yeah. the chaos, you can feel like the desperation to leave the vessel. Right. Um, but that even leaving the vessel presents its own dangers. So, yeah, I agree with that. I felt like that was what made the movie for me was the uh, the human element to it. Agreed. Exactly. All right, guys. So that's that's our that's our movie of the week. Um, but, Lyndon, we're, we're going to ask you to give us our movie to avoid, too, because this is a Marky Mark focused episode. Uh, yeah. We... Uh, you you said we should choose one that he was he was specifically in because as we're about to find out once we get to the listener answers to our question he's been in a lot of movies a lot of which I have very sharp opinions on either good or bad so what's the movie of the week to avoid there's an old saying in Tennessee I know it's in Texas probably in Tennessee that says fool me once shame on shame on you if fool me we can't get fooled again so I think it's connected to our movie to recommend. So Peter Berg, the director, and Mark Wahlberg, they've done three true life tales. So they did Lone Survivor, which was okay. Deepwater Horizon. Did you think it was really good? You like okay. Lone Survivor? Yeah, I like Lone Survivor. The only thing about oh, Lone Survivor okay. is, I mean, you, you make the mistake of getting emotionally attached to more than one character in a movie called Lone Survivor. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to do that. Yeah. That's that's rule number one. No, in life, I've, I made that rule a long time ago. I don't get emotionally connected to anybody in life because... You know, you never right. know what might happen. All right, sorry, okay. go ahead. So yeah, Lone Survivor, which Rodney enjoyed, surprisingly. I thought it was okay, but I struggled to recommend it. 
Deepwater Horizon, I'm happy to recommend. I think it's a very well-made film. But then the pair of them went and made Patriot's Day, which I wouldn't recommend. After watching Deepwater Horizon, I thought, a Patriot's Day, a film I had no interest in, popped up on Netflix as well. I was like, maybe I'll sit and watch this. And uh, I would pull it as one to avoid. It's... Uh, it, with all these films, when is too soon? Making a film like this is always a bit of a problem. But they have... Mark Wahlberg's character in this film is completely fictional. He's kind of somehow he's in the middle of everything and he's used by the FBI for no apparent reason. There's a very morally questionable interrogation scene, which doesn't really fit with the rest of the film. And it's just it. Whereas uh, Deepwater Horizon really emphasizes that that human spirit and that resilience. It's really lost in Patriot's Day and this the whole film just feels a, a bit off. Yeah, I mean, you know, Roddy and I, we live in the Boston area. We live right outside the city pretty much. Um, and I, and I, when this movie came out and then the one with Gyllenhaal, I forget what that was called. Stronger. Stronger. I think the overall sense, now I will say not everyone agrees with us because even one of the answers for tonight, someone, one of our listeners had said Patriot's Day as their favorite Mark Wahlberg film. But generally speaking, um, from this Bostonian, and from what I saw when those two movies were being made, people did feel like it was just too soon. Because it really, like, yeah. it was only like a couple years later that we started hearing, or maybe, like, maybe even less, we started hearing they were making movies. Mm-hmm. And then the movies were made, obviously. Just, I don't know. Never felt like enough time had passed. Yeah, I guess there's that. But then to me, there's just, <laughs> I think the worst part was um, the idea that he was a fictional character that in all reality in today's day and age, when this event had happened, like, Nobody would have needed that character. Nobody needed like a street smart Boston cop that didn't actually exist because they're the FBI. And like, like, oh, oh, like, oh, you, yeah, you got to go down there, check out that bar. I swear to God, I would have seen him there. No, 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 no. The FBI doesn't and need you to point out local spots. They're the FBI. Exactly. And yet there's that scene where they need him. No one else but Mark Wahlberg can do it, can visualize the street and tell them exactly where things are. <laughs> it's like Google Maps. Yeah, they could literally street put view. that on a headset and walk or just walk. It, it doesn't even exist. Like, you don't, we don't need you, Mark. We don't. <laughs> Who would somebody get this local cop out of the office, please? Who is he, and why is he so, here? Someone put him in the corner and tell him he's doing really well and he's really important. Yeah. Here's, a, here's here's a plastic baton. Go go <laughs> go kill some time over in that padded room. <laughs> All right, so we're avoiding Patriots Day, but that does lead us to our topic of the week. Again, this is a Marky Mark centric episode. So the question was, what is your favorite Marky Mark movie? Do you really love The Lamp, or are you just saying it because you saw it? I love Lamp. I love Lamp. Uh, so I'll first start out with uh, Mark Rodericks, who is uh, a friend of ours. Another Mark. Who has been uh, a faithful listener. His his answer to the question was just simply the YouTube uh, music video of Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch singing Good Vibrations. It's such a good Which I think is a good enough answer. So was he the lead singer, Marky Mark? Yeah, that's where he started. He started out uh, as a as an uh, I almost I don't even want to call him an artist, but as a musician. Mm-hmm. I, I struggle to call him that. Yeah. He, but do we know if he can sing? I don't know that. But 
I don't want to hear Isn't an, it imagine an think... adult like can you imagine I could see no but see this is the thing this is the problem I have with Marky oh, Mark. we haven't even really got it started here. I know but I, could, I feel like he will come out with a Spotify like album specifically of him singing the other problem is like Boston angles. being from Boston you know like we talked about this before but just everyone associates us with Mark Wahlberg like it's 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 not okay like I don't really have as strong of an opinion about him as you do but that I'm kind of sick of also there is this one like delicious diner this like great breakfast spot in like South Boston where yes okay he grew up and the whole Wahlberg family grew up and the food is really good but you go in and there's literally a framed picture of him on the wall and it says Prince of Boston like it's like okay you put that there Mark I know you did Hey, you guys see that picture up there? Why don't you Why don't you put on there that I'm the Prince of Boston? What's funny is um, Legna's <laughs> dad, Angel, he loves Mark Wahlberg, loves him. Which again, I don't have an opinion on him as much as I have about the fact that everyone just thinks that like, oh, we all just love him. You man. must love oh, yeah. Mark. I assume you both loved him. Coming from Boston, you must love the guy. <laughs> okay, so uh, Kaylani um, from Rhode Island, her favorite Marky Mark movie was Patriots Day, actually. So, uh, so let's glaze Clinton, past What do you think one? about Patriots Day? Uh, all right. So Tiffany says four brothers. That that one, I like that one. That yeah, one is like a good one. I have a soft spot for yeah. that one. I like yep. four brothers. Uh, Troy from Kansas City. Troy is one of the funniest dudes I've ever met. This guy, especially at a wedding. Anyway, that's probably a story for another time. But Troy has uh, has been a listener of the show. Lyndon, he's been following with us on the MCU adventure uh, that nice. we've been on, and his favorite. His favorite Marky Mark movie is Shooter, which is another one that I like. Mm. Troy, we've been loving yep. that that MCU adventure. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> uh, Rick in Buffalo uh, says Lone Survivor. Mm. You also put an American flag emoji on it, so you know he means it. Uh, <laughs> Connor says, I still believe, in my humble opinion, that any action movie that has Mark Wahlberg starring in it would be considerably considerably better if Matt Damon starred in it instead. Aside from The Departed, because if you switch them around, the movie isn't good. However, if I had to pick a movie, it would probably be Invincible or Ted 1 or 2. Invincible. Me. The time that he played the Philadelphia football player. <clears throat> uh, Josh from Massachusetts says The Italian Job. No, 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 no. <laughs> Let's forget that film ever existed. Was it bad? I All I remember no, no, about the, the Italian... The problem is, the film itself wasn't that bad, but why call it the Italian job? Why associate with a great classic film? And because of that association, it's never going to be as good. Just call it the job, whatever. Just don't call it the Italian the job. job. nothing to do with it. Apart from, apart from being... Of, of robbery and using minis, there was nothing to do with the original. It was the Why launch of the. That? It was like the relaunch of the Mini Cooper, right? Yeah. Uh, so Rich says he did a pretty solid job in The Departed. I felt. I feel that is the correct answer. But I feel like that's the correct answer because it doesn't have a lot of him, and the movie itself but is an all-time also, classic. He's kind of yeah. The, the film itself is great, but he's also acting quite well in it he does mm. and uh, Quinn in Pennsylvania says The Fighter which Lyndon I think you said you liked I didn't care for it I much. did like yeah. another Massachusetts based film but I, I liked it again he's um, he's surrounded by a lot of very good actors Christian Bale and Amy Adams kind of elevate the film he's kind of not really doing much despite being the central character uh, Craig from the Take Two podcast says uh, Boogie Nights was his favourite um, yep. he also good loved the, the soundtrack 
of it. Uh, Alyssa says fear. Oh, fear is the, oh, that's oh, actually, yeah. I think a good one. I think fear one, might be my favorite. Is that with a um, Reese Witherspoon? Young right? Reese Witherspoon, yeah. yeah. Actually, that's I think creepy, that's that film. Yeah. yeah, he plays a, a a terrifying villain at a very young yeah. age. Yeah, so, no, actually, fear fear works. That's mine. Fear uh, works. <laughs> Paul from Virginia, uh, he says, in terms of acting, he thinks The Fighter was the best Marky Mark film, most fun to watch. He would say the other guys, guilty pleasure, Lyndon, the Italian job. Oh, very guilty. He says, please, nobody say the happening. The world deserves only oh. so much from that. Uh, the also, other guys is a great choice, though. Well, that's he's, very, uh, he's funny in that. That's what I was going to say is my favorite answer is the other guys. I mean, yes, The Departed is the best to me of the bunch. But the one thing he does have going for him, Rodney, I will say this, and I feel like it's hard to argue with, is he's somewhat of a versatile actor. Like, you might mm. not feel like he's the best actor dramatic mm. actor or best action actor or best comedic actor but yeah. he, he can pull off all three of those pretty well i know there's not a big difference between drama and action but uh, i feel he, he does, he doesn't, have a, he doesn't have a big range he does mark Wahlberg being mark Wahlberg right. very well i think that's the only thing i mean i agree that he i'll give him comedy points i think he's been especially he's the been other funny. guys um and so i mean but again he plays to me he always plays a variation of himself. So I don't know if I can see range. But I think what we're seeing is there are enough movies here that he's that that are at least good movies with him. Like that happen to have him in it. Yes. You know, yeah. whether it be the yeah. best ones don't feature him though. Fear or Deepwater Horizon or The Departed or the other guys. Like Four Brothers I like, Shooter We Agreed We Liked. Lone Survivor you said you liked. Mm-hmm. That featured Fighter, him. Fighter I liked. I mean, I think there are some that are that I think we're finding we, the listeners are helping us see that he is in a, a, a number of movies that I've given sevens or above to. Mm-hmm. Uh, some that he is you just have one. to you just have to say one word to ruin it all, which is uh, Transformers. Oh gosh, that yeah, was point. so terrible. Now, now, see, I feel like, or I don't know if we're setting this up for for you to say that's not my my problem with Mark Wahlberg is not his acting ability. I'm not saying that you're that he's a bad actor. I'm not even saying that his movies like. A, this isn't this. That's not the argument. I'm saying I've had enough. I've had enough of his appearances. I've had enough of him showing up at places that he shouldn't show up. And like, granted, maybe he's getting the invite, but I think somewhere along the line, people decided that he represents Boston and he's everyone's favorite. So therefore, everyone will never get tired of seeing him in Boston. So if I see him connected to another Boston associated thing, I swear on. I swear I will rip this TV off if he is at if he if he is there at the next start of the Patriots season. I I swear if he's if I see him in a Red Sox <laughs> uniform in the bullpen warming up with a big smile on his face and the crowd going wild, I swear to God, I will want to punch him and everybody else in the face because it's enough. We've had enough. We've seen it. So so basically your argument is don't tell me who I like or what to think. Exactly. He's not my favorite. Can we stop acting like, oh yeah, we love Mark Wahlberg, bro? No, we don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. I like Chet mentioned, I think we already talked in the podcast, like Hey, oh, cool, you're visiting Philadelphia. Where from? Boston. Oh, man, I love Mark Wahlberg. He was even in a movie where he played a Philadelphia football player. I love Mark Wahlberg. Bet you do, too. I'm Marky Mark. No. No. <laughs> no. no. This is when he brings out the uh, 
the James Bond chair without a bottom. <laughs> oh man, would he get that treatment so quick? <laughs> no, no, not now. He doesn't deserve it right now, but he will deserve it if he shows up in another sports game. Because the other thing that we heard is that in the Super Bowl that he left when they were when the Patriots were losing, like he decided to leave the Super Bowl, and that became like a news story, which is fine. But then it's like people come up with all kinds of excuses for him. And then he's like throwing his own kids under the bus. Like, oh, man, I would have loved to stay, but my kid got sick. So I had to go family first. It's like, no, 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 no. You're not there for your family. You're not there for your family. You don't. You thought they were going to lose. You didn't think that you were going to have the opportunity to be on the field. I have. I posed a very simple question to our listeners via Twitter and Facebook. I'm going to read both polls. Um uh, it was the same question asked, but the, the results on Twitter were much different than results on Facebook. Okay. So the question was very simple because you made the point, Rodney, you, you know, the question is not, do we think he's a good actor? Or do we think his movies are good? The question is, are we sick of him? Yes. Right. So I said, very simple. Marky Mark Wahlberg. Are you sick of him? First answer was, I'm a fan. And the second answer is he needs to go away. 53% split decision. Basically 53% said I'm a fan. This was on Twitter. Okay. So. You know, that that doesn't really seem definitive to me, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like if enough people have the vote, if the poll stayed open long enough, it might have trended either way there. However, on Facebook, we ran the same poll. Very different results. So the same question was asked. Marky Mark Wahlberg, are you sick of him? Uh, are, are you a fan or does he need to go away? 87% said that they are a fan oh my god and that's that's the worst part that's what's hellish about this is because probably facebook is more skewed towards local people right now and so 87 percent of locals are saying so it's even worse than i thought yeah i mean the problem is i asked a coworker about it's not this going today. away i said you know tonight in the show we're going to be talking about mark Wahlberg. i asked them what their favorite mark Wahlberg movie was and they didn't even give it to me because what they said was i'm just sick of people associating like people's understanding of Boston, I think, is summed up in the person of Mark Wahlberg. It's like South Boston, the departed dude. You see the departed? Dude, you ever see Mark Wahlberg and the departed? Mark yeah, I've Wahlberg. seen I've seen it. Yes, yes, I've seen it. Yeah, for sure. Oh, you guys ever go to you guys ever go to Harvard and like Southie? Did you ever like did you think people are robbing banks out there, guy? Like, yeah, maybe. Like, I don't know. Like, I think Boston's a beautiful city. There's a lot to it, a lot more than just Mark Wahlberg. So yeah, that's the problem, I wait, think. Wait, is, like, are you guys saying when I come to visit you out in Boston, I won't be meeting Mark Wahlberg? So that's oh, the only oh I mean, if you if you ask the Uber driver in Philly, you have a one in three chance of bumping into Mark Wahlberg up in Boston. So Listen, who knows? All you need to do is probably go to the center of Boston and just yell out Mark Wahlberg, and I'm sure he'll come running. Is that that <laughs> that that hog for attention can't stop himself? My God! Well, there are there are other Wahlbergs. You have Donnie, of course, but another. I mean, we could take you to Wahlburgers, which is a, a local food establishment now. Just they chain of restaurants, they literally made run a, by the Wahlbergs. <laughs> yeah, literally, it's run by I, the. I, like that family. sounds like Rodney's favorite place. Have you ever gone? I haven't gone yet, but well, it's right. mostly mostly out of stubbornness. I have a, I have a, a, a proposition for you. If right now when we're done recording, I drive us. Do you want to go to Wahlburgers and then come back and give a review uh, of the of the of the meal? Um, I'm looking at the clock. Is it? It closed. We, I already checked. It closes in an hour. We have time. We have time to get to Wahlburgers. Yeah, not the one downtown. We'll go to the other one. Which one? It's Hingham? in Hingham. Yeah, we'll get there in an hour. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hey, this is Chet here saying that later that night we did in fact make it in less than an hour. And Rodney's been back to Wahlburgers three times since then. So carry on. 
We now return to your regular programming. <laughs> In the dialogue? All right, well, to, to be determined, we'll see if we get to that. But we are going to ask Rodney to give his character voice of the week, explaining to our listeners how they could help us. Because as we said every week, like it does help you guys keep giving us reviews. That's super helpful. But those who haven't, we're asking to uh, to go on iTunes and, and you know help us be... Uh, have more exposure to those who are also needing uh, their movie night saved for them. So, Rodney, why don't you tell our listeners how they can help the show in your South Boston, a.k.a. Marky Mark Wahlberg, Boston accent. I want you to just bleep out every every third word. Okay. You're going to have to... It's got... It's no, so I'm gonna, true. Boston you accent beep, you gotta beep definitely... It out. has a ton of... It's riddled with swears. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all, all right. Ready? I'm going to bleep it out, Okay. Though. All right. I might record this separately from my <laughs> own usage. <laughs> Listen, bro. I got to tell you about a new show that f***ing <laughs> unbelievable kid. It's called Down the Hall Podcast, and I swear to God, if you don't go f- give him a five-star f***ing review right this f***ing second, I swear to God... I will murder your entire f***ing family. You understand? <laughs> All right. So go give them a five-star review right now. Put your panties take, put your panties back on and go be a man and figure out how to work your phone. You understand? You kind of sound like Ted. <laughs> Wait, were you doing a voice there? It just sounded like your normal voice to me. And that's it. That's it. That's all I got for you guys. That's all you got to do today. That's it. You don't got to do nothing else. Except give him a five f***ing star review. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you said you'd bleep it out, so if I hear one swear, <laughs> Jen. <laughs> Alright. Uh, well, at this point in the episode, we're going to get into the uh, spoiler section uh, of Deepwater Horizon. I think we know Rodney's feelings on Marky Mark haven't really changed, although I think we did come to the agreement that like, he is in some... More, more, more good movies yeah. than bad. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's um, more him as a person. I just want him to stop being places. That's fair. Um, but, <laughs> I just want him to stop being a person. Yes. Yeah, you can continue acting. Yeah, you can be an actor. That person thing. Stop it. I, I'm sick of Mark Wahlberg. I'm not sick of the. I'm not sick of the characters <laughs> he portrays. I'm sick of the person. Uh so what you're saying is you have a you have a threshold for more Transformer movies. Is what we're getting here. I mean, pr- more than I do for him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Uh, so you can go to our website, though, uh, downthehallpodcast.com. You can do what Ivy did with Deepwater Horizon. Scroll down and let us know that you have a movie for us to watch that you think is worth everyone else's movie night. You can also chime in on these uh, topical discussions like we had tonight, both on Facebook and Twitter at Down the Hall, guys. Um, if you're planning on watching Deepwater Horizon, like we said, it's on HBO Go. Um, this would be the time where you tell you to jump ship, just like they had to do. Is that an okay joke to make? Yeah, I think uh, so. It's not and, like it was uh, real. Because we're about to get into the details of the movie that we would probably consider to be spoily for you. Uh, that aside, we hope that you come back and check us out next week. Uh, and now we will get into the spoiler section. I told you not to give details. Yeah, well, you're the one who gave me the details. All right, guys, so what did you think was the standout moment, scene, character, favorite scene? Anything now. We're in free territory. We can spoil everything from so for, uh, from Deepwater Horizon. For me, the bit that stood out was actually after all the, the drama, when they escape and you see Mark Wahlberg's character, the camera is just on the floor and he has a like his moment of breakdown where he just lies down on the floor and the camera just stays still and sees this shot on the floor and you see his wife played very well by Kate Hudson just come in and embrace him as well. And it's really quiet, well done, kind of like subtle emotional moment, I thought. 
Yeah, agreed. Um, because he was like had to be strong for everybody else during the the exactly. moment of crisis, and then he just let it all out. But mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think for me, it was the standout scene was when Kurt Russell was like getting ready to maybe go to bed or something, and that's when the accident happened. And he's just in the shower, and then everything blows up. Imagine being him in that mm. moment. Where but his, his tash still looks great. His, his mustache looks impeccable. Impeccable. Uh, the rest of his body has glass and broken bones, but that stash was holding strong. Mm. Um, boy, I think there was a scene where they just they they showed like what it looks like, like an underwater oil rig, a few different times. And there is a scene where you know as everything as the oil kind of starts to just spill over and and kind of you know as the natural disaster really starts to take place i thought it was just a remarkable look at what all of that machinery and spillage looks like spillage that's the term right seepage is the word Ugh, no i think it's spillage i think seepage would be if it was a much smaller disaster (laughs) uh i i hate that word actually so uh no, but this is this is this is definitely one that, uh, like I said before, it, was, it it did it caught me by surprise. I'll be honest. When I I mean Ivy referenced this like months ago for us mm-hmm. at this yeah. point, and I think I just kept putting it off. If I'm being honest, but a well deserved <laughs> movie recommendation, I think. Yeah, no, it was great. Yeah. All right, so like I said before, you can find us on Twitter at Down the Hall Guys. Follow us on Facebook. You can go to our website downthehallpodcast.com. I hope that you catch us next week, too, where we get into another movie night of the week. I'm here with Rodney and Lyndon. We'll see you guys later. Peace. Cheerio.